Craft Beer Radio, episode 42, June 1st, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Baer. And I'm Dave Gastengay. Dave is joining us tonight for our big wheat spectacular. Spectacular? Well, it's a lot of beer. It is a lot of beer, so he's going to help us uh, absorb some of the volume. He... (laughs) We'll go into Dave's bio in a little bit here. Yeah. All right, the business side of things, we'll start with uh, the Beer Geek Roundtable. This will be the last week uh, to let Jeff know, if you're interested, send an email to Jeff, jeff at craftbeerradio.com or beer at craftbeerradio.com. From here on out, I'll be communicating directly with the people so we can organize the um, the roundtable. But we've announced enough on the show, so we're just going to get on and start yeah. planning it now. One year of CBR. One year. Well, actually, we're two day, right now we're two days short of one year. Close enough. So we mentioned last week, and we'll mention again. One year of CBR, the memories, the laughs, and the sorrow. This is your chance to get a limited edition, hand-labeled, season one DVD-ROM of Craft Beer Radio. For a donation of only $25, I'll send you everything I have. Shows, outtakes, show notes, including the typos. <laughs> when there are plenty. Everything I, can th- everything I can do to thank you for listening to the show and that nifty little donation. And uh, as always, there are several ways you can give us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on podcastalley.com and leave a comment. You can sign up for our Frapper map. As always, you can send us an email to the address beer at craftbeerradio.com. And you can start sending mail to Dave. I don't know if you want to give out your email address or stuff. <laughs> I'll ju- I That's, think Jeff will make me one. I'll, I'll proxy Dave's email. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of email, let's head on to the emails we got. Not a lot this week, but that's... Well, that's because we're recording this one day after I posted <laughs> last week's show. Sorry, everyone, for that. David in Philadelphia says uh, he went with a friend to a local brew pub and ordered oatmeal stout, which he liked, and said, and his friend, <clears throat> and his friend, whose name is Justin, ordered the Berliner Weiss. He's remembered our reaction from the previous show and said, hold up, buddy, do you know what that is? It's not a normal vice. It's a super sour, and it's apparently an acquired taste. And while he's gabbing on, the bartender pours a sample, and Justin sips it and says, whoa, you're right. (laughs) Of course, I've never had a burner vice myself, so I try it, and wow, he loved it. It Tastes a lot like sour candy. In fact, the color was greenish, like a Jolly Rancher. I guess they added a sweetener. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of Berliner, Berliner Weissens in Berlin are served with a syrup. And this is the Notting Head Brewery in Philadelphia, and theirs must become pre-mixed with a sweetener. At least I'm like assuming so. a green apple so. if it's green. Could be. That is their uh, Ich bin ein Berliner, which is, wins medals. Like, at the Great American Beer Festival last year, I know they right. won a medal. There's a, In the newsroom, we're talking about this radical brewing competition they had. They placed there for um, one of the styles, so... It's a very popular and well, well spoken about beer. Yeah, that has me thinking because we actually have now a Berliner Weiss in the fridge, but it'd be hard to work it in. But what we can do is a show of hard to work in beers at some point, just all different types of stuff. <laughs> Crazy Heads Cave Creek yeah. Chili Beer. <laughs> <laughs> just because you know, although I love doing shows all of a single style and getting you know, the whole difference between them and all that stuff at the same time, I think it would be fun to try a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Plus, I can also just use it as an excuse to clean out the fridge. That too. <laughs> All the stragglers that have been hanging around. Shh. 
Gary in California wrote in. This has come in about the sake discussion we had right, last yeah. week or a couple weeks ago. Generally, beer is both malted and mashed from grain products. Wine is considered to be fermented directly from fruit or other sources. Sake falls between the two categories, as it is not malted and mashed, but still cannot be fermented without being converted. The koji fungus breaks down the rice into fermentable products, thus taking the place of a traditional mash. Usually, a starter is prepared from rice and koji, so as to give the yeast a healthy starting food source. Additional amounts are added through the process to give continual food source for the yeast. The end product tends to be rather high in alcohol, which is typically seen only in wines. And I would think that if you look at that process, while, yeah, it does sort of fall in between, I think that process is much closely, much more closely related to beer than it is to wine. And I think that that's why it makes sense to call sake a beer. Okay. I mean, if you're looking at a, the chemistry side of the mash versus the koji fungus conversion, I'm sure it's apples and oranges, but there is a conversion where wine, there's mm-hmm. no conversion needed. So I suppose you could be right, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners may disagree, too. I mean, I've looked it up in other places, and they call sake, uh, some places call it a rice wine, but most of the authoritative places call it a rice beer. Okay. So let's jump on to news. News time. New Belgium, new expansion. New Belgium Brewing Company, its biggest capital expansion ever. A building and equipment addition tagged at $21.5 million. It's a lot of money for a small brewery like New Belgium. Well, they're not, they're not tiny, but... It's still a lot yeah. of money. Maybe we can start getting it here soon. That could What this could be getting at. Following a 12% growth rate last year, the Fort Collins-based craft brewers will start to work on a new bottling and packaging facility June 1st. We forgot to tell people about our new $15 million studio that we're going to be building. Because <laughs> we're expanding. <laughs> They're not going to send us donations if you keep that up, Greg. Well, that's what the donations are for. Right. Oh, just like uh, DUQ. We're, we're just planning on getting that much money from donations. So. <laughs> <laughs> we just added a market in Chicago, and it's gone better than expected, said Simpson. We've also recently added the San Diego market. Who's Simpson? <laughs> that's a good question. He's Homer? Not, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brian Simpson. There he is. Belgian, new Belgium spokesman. Company will spend eleven half million on a fifty five hundred square foot building, and the remaining ten million will go on new go to new equipment, high speed bottling line, seven hundred bottles a minute. That's a lot of bottles. It is a lot of bottles. Estimated will be able to produce four hundred thousand barrels a year. That's quite a lot, yeah. And they say the expansion could eventually reach up to eight hundred thousand. Doesn't say if they're coming to Pittsburgh though. Let's hope. We can only hope. Champions of radical beer. This is another news story. It was from... I don't know where it's from. Beers from 10 different states captured the 12 awards handed out in the first Radical Beer Open. Radical. A contest born to highlight the fact that some of the most innovative beers in the world are brewed in America. Only California had multiple winners, such as Russian River and Santa Rosa, which took the first and second the medium-strength beers, and La Woody from Pizza Port in Solano Beach, which won the gold in the wild category. There's a wild category. So the categories are 5% ABV and less, 51 to 7.5, 7.6 and above, and wild. the wild category. Some of the beers that placed or won for the, the weak beers, the bronze medal was the Ichben Ein Berliner Weiss from Nodding Head, <laughs> we are just talking about. Orange Blossom Wheat from Papago Brewing in Scottsdale, Arizona. And the Whip Beer from Shema River Brewing Company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
What's interesting here is the uh, Category 3 is 7.6% and above. Gold is three philosophers from Amagang in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, Silver is a worldwide stout, which is awesome, (laughs) from Dogfish Head in Milton, Delaware. And bronze, Sam Adams Doublebach, Boston Beer. Interesting that one placed. I uh, heard really mixed reviews about it. I haven't had it in... uh Ooh, since I was under illegal drinking age, so <laughs> so I really don't know what it tastes like. I need to revisit that one. And in the wild category, La Woody, like we said, from Port Brewing in Solana Beach. The silver is La Folie from New Belgium Brewing. Uh, and De Wild Zoid... That's a wild name. <laughs> De Wild Zoidentrian. From Flossmore Station Brewing Company in Flossmore, Illinois. I really want to try that waffle Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep reading about it, and I just want to give that stuff a try. So anyway, that's the shortened uh, intro to the show. Now on to the beer of the night, the Hefeweizen. Okay, so I got a little bit of the BGCB style guides here. We can talk a little bit about it. Aroma, moderate to strong phenols, usually clove and fruity esters, usually banana, which is what we always talk yeah. about in these flavors. It's a wonderful aromatic beer. Balance of the phenol and ester components may vary, but the best examples are reasonably balanced and fairly prominent. The appearance is pale straw to very dark golden color. A very thick, moussey, long-lasting white head is characteristic. High protein content of the wheat impairs clarity in the unfiltered beer. One of the things that most Hefeweizens recommend you do is you do it mid-hef, which is with the yeast. You mix up the yeast into the beer so you get a cloudy with suspended yeast sediment, and drink that, and the yeast adds more flavor. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple times, too, where the one show when we were doing the wit beers, we were swirling up the yeast when not necessarily supposed to be done with that style. But with this style, absolutely, you want to drink all those yummy yeast with the beer. Which is going to be hard with three glasses here. Yeah, well, well, it'll be a little bit of a learning curve for me, but I'll, I'll get the hang of it. So we're looking for medium light to medium body, never a heavy body in, in a wheat beer. Uh, suspended yeast may increase perception of the body. Um, you should expect something pale, spicy, fruity, and generally overall refreshing. All right, so let's move on to the beers. My downstairs fridge is on the fritz, which stinks because I just got it with the house. So I have to run upstairs and get the beer. We'll be right back. Okay, let's start with um, the German example. Sure. Okay. So the first beer of the evening is the Hackershore Bites. This is, what do we have here? It's 5.5% alcohol by volume, uh, available year-round from Munich, Germany. It is fortunately not in a green bottle. Stop, because you want to... Oh, yeah, i got to save some for the... What did you say? Off... Off... The... Uh, off vice or whatever? Yeah, what was it? What, what was it? I forget now exactly what it was. Mitweiss. Uh, Mitweiss, yeah. Mithef. Mithef, that's Mithef. it. Mithef, so Jeff is carefully pouring... Yeah, for three ways, I don't think one bottle is enough. <laughs> it's a rather small sample here. All right. Okay, so what we have here is a little bit of a darker straw color than our pre-show uh, beer, and it is, it is very, um, very cloudy. <laughs> very cloudy. It's a nice golden orange, I'd say. Maybe a orangey yellow gold, somewhere in that trifecta of color about a finger's worth of head and wow is that banana is that ever banana yeah it is oh yeah that smells great it's a really really distinctive banana aroma and i'm trying to figure if there's any other spiciness in there 
maybe a bit of clove. Not really so much coriander, but clove. Well, the style doesn't have coriander in it. The pre-show beer was right, a different yeah. style, remember? Mmm. <laughs> so the flavor we get, um, it's, it's pretty much a signature wheat flavor where it's nice and thin and dry at the beginning with some tartness. And I'm not getting too much um, clove. I'm not getting too many phenols in this one. How about you? I'm getting mostly, like you said, a, a lot of banana, a lot of the esters. Mm-hmm. But uh, phenol-wise, what you know, the, the esters are the fruitiness, uh, and the phenols are the spiciness. Peppery, clove-like flavor. So I'm getting a lot more esters than I have phenol here. I think my description would be darn tasty. <laughs> okay. I was curious, because you were kind of giving it a... A look which I thought might have been like, oh, I'm not so sure about this one, but... No, I think I just need a second bottle is all. <laughs> it does, like you say, have a slight uh, sour sort of tanginess in, around the back of, of your tongue and sort of a prickly carbonation. Yeah, these are great summertime beers. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the weather today, being nice and warm. It's a good thirst quencher. Definitely. A lot of banana and a lot of uh, that kind of... I don't know how else to describe it, but mushy banana taste. It, it's no, it, it's a, it's an overripe banana taste. Yeah. Which overripe banana smells and tastes different than a ripe or underripe banana, which are a little bit greener, a little bit um, firmer, a little know. bit more fibrous. And yeah. This is a little bit more uh, tangier, I would say. Yeah, it's it's more. It's mushy. It's mushy. It's <laughs> yeah. a mushy banana. Kind of like an alcoholic banana smoothie. So, uh, we were to say we mentioned Dave's bio a little bit later in the show. I guess now would be a good time. This is a good time. So, Dave used to, no, let's see, you used to, like, just like Sam Adams, right? Because you weren't aware of all these other beers. And you used to make fun of Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> and then you just decided to try a couple and. Just decided to try a few and said, hey. Good beer does exist. How about that? Yeah, it wasn't as quite, uh, much of an acquired taste as you thought. Are you yeah. a coffee drinker? Do you yeah. drink different kinds of coffee, like, or yeah, do you just drink whatever work brews? Oh, I can't stand the stuff work brews. Oh, okay, yeah. So I bring my own stuff from home. Okay. <laughs> did, did I mention my coffee story before? You mentioned the Japanese coffee story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As this beer is air- airing out a little bit and warming up, it's really starting to even taste more banana-y. I just had a really delicious sip where it was just, it tastes like a banana milkshake or something. Mm-hmm. Very creamy, very banana-y, not too tart, not too... Uh, still finishes nice and dry, though. So it, I think it does give you... I mean, some of those phenols, some of those banana phenols still... Esters. esters excuse me. Some of those banana esters still remain on your tongue. And a little bit of that tanginess there. But the rest of your mouth is, is you know very much dried out by mm-hmm. the wheat. That's yummy. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty tasty. Don't expect us to invite you all the time, Dave. These beers are going too fast. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll have to just bring my own. All right, so let's see. What do we want to do next? And that was um, the Hacker Shore Hefeweizen. So that's sort of the pure German example. Let's do this one, which is going to be not going to be as, as available as the other ones. So we're kind of like going fully available, partially available. This is the Summer Hefeweizen. The Summit Hefe Weizen is a 4.1% alcohol by volume beer from St. Paul, Minnesota. It is their summer release. 
Jeff just smelled it because he might be think he thinks he might have smelled an off smell. This is. <laughs> I hope I didn't. I really hope I didn't smell what I thought I smelled. That'd be hard to do. And a hefeweizen, yeah. Hefeweizens are not very well hopped, so getting um, getting light struck is not going to be as much of an issue you'd expect. A lot of labor in pouring these hefeweizens. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Is this your glass? Yes. Okay. This is a slightly lighter straw color, but they're all going to pretty much be a straw color. Uh, and it has about one or two fingers worth of head, moosey. I mean, they, I expect they're all going to look pretty pretty similar to each other. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> smells skunky. Yes, it does. How, that's two summits we've had now. Mm-hmm. Both of them. I'm well, we haven't tried it yet, you know, but... Uh, no, I have. I have another bottle of some Hefeweizen in the fridge. You want to give it a shot? I mean, I really don't want to pour this one out, though. Let's see if it airs out a bit. Yeah, we we have had some experience where uh, skunkiness will air itself out, but that's pretty skunky. How do you skunk a Hefeweizen? It's like twenty IBUs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is real, really low hopping compared to like IPAs and yeah. other ones. Not to mention that the brown bottles are, are much harder to, to skunk. I mean, still, if you leave them out in, in the sunlight, they're going to get skunked. But I, I'm starting to smell a little bit of the wheat below it. But it's still rough just to get through that. Actually, skunk. now I'm smelling a lot more wheat. So maybe it'll air out. Okay, the flavor I got, it's its very unflavorful compared to the last mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. We're getting a, a watery, a little bit of wheat there. Sort of a lemony. Yeah, a little bit of lemony. Like the bananas and the cloves don't mm-hmm. stand out on this one very much. Now, I'm starting to detect some of... Um, and there's a fair amount of light-struck flavor in the yeah, beer, too. There, there, there's some skunky flavor in here. It's, it's not as overpowering as the smell is. I'm starting to take a little bit of, of phenolic flavor here, a little bit of, of spice. Just okay. a bit. Tad bit of uh, either clove or, or pepper, black pepper. I feel bad giving someone a bad bad reputation on the show. <laughs> I'm sure that... Uh, that's weird. It doesn't finish nearly as dry as the Hacker Shore did. It, it, it still just remains kind of wet in your mouth. Yeah, it does. I got that email from that listener last week saying, you know, how do you guys get so many skunk beers on the show? <laughs> and uh, we buy a lot of these from bottle shops. So because yeah. we taste many different beers on the show, I can't buy a case of every beer we taste. And not only that, we cannot buy six packs in, in Pennsylvania. Right. There's a law against that. It would be a lot easier for us if we could go to a store. I would love that. You go to a store, you can get a six pack of beer. First of all, it's a little bit cheaper. And second of all, you can get you, know, you can get some of what you like. But you don't have to go overboard. Yeah, even Sixers for this show get a little pricey. You know, there'll be a lot of beer adding yeah. up. And Sixers can get light struck just like singles can. Mm-hmm. Some of the six pack holders have the high sides, which help prevent that. But man, we have to try the other summit maybe in the post show or something. 
I mean, they got the carbonation right, I think, but the rest of it, like I say, it's not as dry as I would expect. It's, and because of that, doesn't quite quench the thirst as much. Now I'm starting to taste a little bit of the wheat flavor, but I'm still not getting much banana, much clove. Certainly not anywhere. I'm starting to taste less of the phenols than I was before, at yeah, first. Certainly not anywhere in the ballpark that uh, the Hacker Shore was. I'm trying to figure out where it's hitting on my tongue, and it's hard because it's not. I guess I'm getting a little bit, a tiny bit of bitterness in the back, but it's not really hitting my tongue the same way other beers do, where I can pinpoint locations. Right. Well, I guess it's good that we had small samples for this. One. Yes. <laughs> I'm good for something after all. <laughs> What do you think, Dave? Were you able to see what the skunky flavor tastes like with that beer? Oh, that's just wonderful. Yeah, I can taste it. Okay. I gave Dave a, a bottle of Nugget Nectar. He left it in his car. Ooh. The sun beating on it. Ooh. <laughs> that was one of the worst things I've ever tried in my life. Nugget Nectar is so hoppy. Oh, man. I yeah, can't imagine. It was, it was, it was real bad. <laughs> mm. Our next beer is oh, that was the Summit Hefeweizen, but don't go by what we say because we got a skunk bottle, so it might be better if you get a, a cop if you get one near you. We're gonna push our post show beer and do the other Hefeweizen in the post show. You think try so? To, yeah, I want to get try to give it a fair shake. So you got it at the same time though. I mean, no, I didn't. I oh, bought okay. it at a different time. Right. I forgot I had another one. I, I forgot I had one. I bought another one. So. This is the In Heat Wheat from Flying Dog in Denver, Colorado, not California. Oops. <laughs> the In Heat Wheat from Flying Dog in Denver, California. <laughs> the In Heat Wheat from Flying Dog in Denver, Colorado. 5.96% alcohol. Pretty high alcohol for a wheat. I like how uh, you said the 5.96. Like some rule somewhere says a, a Hefeweizen has to be below under six. six. Yeah. It is uh, available year-round. Dave, you really do like Flying Dog a lot, right? Oh, yeah, so far. But he's had so far, so we'll see if this one continues the run for Dave. They have weird labels. They're, uh, yeah, they're pretty Picasso-esque, I, I guess. I would call them scuzzy, <laughs> but it, it's a good kind of scuzzy. Not SCSI, but more, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> serial, small computer serial interface. Oh, yeah, I can see this, Cuzzy. Um, <laughs> it, it tastes more, it looks more SATA to me. <laughs> Enough nerd talk. Then we have um, less of a head on this one, but the same sort of color. And um, nice fresh smell. Not as much banana or uh, clove, more but orange. a little bit in there. It's kind of citrusy orange. So I would call that orange and a little bit of no. I was going to say a little bit of wintergreen, but I don't know. That might, that might be just a clove. Yeah, I'm not getting it's it's a clove. I'm yeah. I'm getting a little bit more of um, the esters and the phenols now after I smelled it a couple times. So my nose had to turn on to it. Apparently, yeah, that's just a clove. It just it, it fooled my nose for a second. A lot fuller mouth taste than the last one we had than the summit. Probably a little bit fuller than the the um, Hacker Shore. Again, they're not quite as dry. Uh, it has yeah. more of a banana than an orange flavor, 
which is different, you know, different than you might expect from the aroma. But pretty creamy, I would say, in the mouthfeel. Yeah, as well. creamy is a good way to describe it. Great way to describe it. It really does taste kind of like a banana cream. <laughs> Not tasting much, much uh, pepperiness. Yeah, or spiciness in there. <laughs> it's a slight little bit kind of flaring on the sides, just. Had. I think we're realizing how much clove and pepperiness there was in the Hacker Shore after yeah. we've had it because we didn't think it was much at the time, but the rest of these are less and le- you know less than that. So I think we just weren't realizing how clovey it was at the beginning. But I do like the creaminess here. It gives you a different uh, different take on the same essential concept. Slightly more prickly in the carbonation. The, the carbonation seems to last longer in this one. See, mine tastes a lot less carbonated. Mine's creamy, like we said, and I'm not getting any kind of prickles or anything in the carbonation. I mean, the prickles at first, mainly on the front of my of the tongue, and then you know, as it hits the back and as I swallow it, that's where I'm getting the cream. And the cream is more of a flavor than a texture. Okay. For me, anyway. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> hey, it's a good starting point. He knows yeah. what he likes, knows what he doesn't like. Yes, if do. you can't critique it just yet, hey. You know, it took us a while to get there. It took us 42 shows. <laughs> We're still not very good. <laughs> Look at me, I almost failed the BJCP test. <laughs> you know, these are just... You're not going to get a lot of bitterness from, it, from these beers. Uh, the, the, any slight tanginess that's there is is uh, definitely welcome, but you don't want to get a lot of bitterness from these anyway, and so it's good that they don't give you a lot. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about food yet. No, we haven't. I would say something light would go with this chicken. Uh, although when no. I went to when I went to uh, Hereford and Hops, I had the wheat beer. And okay. That really went really well with the steak. So okay, <laughs> you tell me. I still need to go there. Yeah, it's great. Good steaks. That place is awesome. And cooking your own steak is is the bomb. <laughs> This one seems like it would go with different kinds of food than the Hacker Shore because it's a lot creamier. This would almost go. Hmm. Some kind of cheese dish. Like a fondue? <laughs> like a fondue or something. But but a mild cheese dish, not an overpowering cheese dish. Where I think the Hacker Shore... Like a um, uh, bruschetta or something. Something like that, yeah. Well, I think the Hacker Shore would go better with um, some kind of light meat, chicken or fish or something like that. Yeah, so, this would go well with, with, with fish, definitely. Um Lobster. I did, I did a grilled lobster the other day. Oh. Grilled it. it no, really no, nice. like the butter and the lobster, I think this one would go well with. Mm-hmm. Buttery lobster with this creamy beer. You guys are making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> making ourselves hungry, too. <laughs> All right. It looks like we're ready to do the next beer. Hey, Dave, have you ever tried uh, cheese with beer? No, I have not. It really gives you a very interesting experience because... It, it changes the beer a bit, and it, it accentuates certain flavors and brings out other flavors. I'll have to try that. Yeah. We did that once on the show, <laughs> right episode seven. <laughs> Ended up being a lot of <laughs> chewy sounds, so it wasn't really good for radio. didn't like it much, but... Uh, but it was real. It was damn tasty. <laughs> I went to a lunch the day before yesterday with the guys at work, and we went to um, Pines Tavern. You ever go there? I have a And uh, one of the appetizers they had was a rustic cheese platter. 
a bunch of great cheeses, mm-hmm. really stinky blue and really buttery brie type cheese, and then some dry goat cheeses and stuff. And it was tasty. I'm like, man, I wish I had some beer to go with this stuff. <laughs> Our next beer is the UFO Hefeweizen from Harpoon in Woodingville, Washington. Woodingville, Washington, and in Portsmouth, Portsmouth New, Hampshire. New Hampshire. We got two breweries. Let's roll up the yeast again. And give each glass a little dose of yummy. You can goodness. really see how it turns from sort of somewhat of a pale and translucent color to a very cloudy mixture when that yeast is put in there. It's such an important part of the Hefeweizen experience to get that yeast in there. Uh oh. <laughs> Don't yeah. know how this happened, but this is our this is our first show where we've had two skunk beers. Wow. Okay, we need to have a talk with Three Sons, Dogs, and Sons, apparently, this about is their lamps. Sons, huh? Both these last two have been. Hmm. So there's two offending bottle shops in town. I noticed they, uh, I was driving by once and they were closed, and I looked to see if they had their lamps on at night. And they do turn off their cooler lamps at night, so at least it's not 24 hours of light uh, fluorescent there, yeah. light. But, you know, that's at least during business hours. Hmm. Son of a gun. On the bright side, I just bought a case of UFO Hefeweizen sitting on the floor right behind you, Greg. And those will not be lights struck. <laughs> but they're not going to be cold either. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Throw it in the freezer. Oh. That's a, it's, it's a pretty nasty shade of skunk there. Okay, we got so many. What I'm going to do is we're going to pour this one out. We're going to put a UFO in the freezer and we're going to move on to the next beer. Okay. So we're going to pause. Okay, so a bottle of UFO is in the fridge. Right, to be continued on that one. Our next beer is Brooklyn Vice Beer, 5% all year round. Now, they call this one the Brookliner. The Brookliner. Vice Beer. So I wonder if it's sour at all. It looked like it was under the Hefeweizen category. But, but not like a bur- like a Berliner Vice. Well, Brookliner, Berliner. I wonder if it's... Oh, no. Uh-oh. You're kidding me. We're going to have to go beat up the guy at Three Sons. You know, Dee's never has a problem with that. I know. Dee, I guess that's what the discount is. You're buying... Because I can get out of Three Sons for almost half the price of Dee's, but... Oh, man. I hope this one's not bad. Hopefully that's just my imagination. <laughs> this, is, this is the skunkiest show we've had so far. And they're not hoppy beers. I know that that's the crazy thing. We've we've had good luck with three sons in the past too. So why would they all of a sudden? Be- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, generally it's not been. It's been a different bottle shop in town where we've had the skunk yeah. problem from. And we know you're storing them well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as bad as skunkiness, but it's there. There's a slight, but I think this one will wear out and be okay. I can barely There's a little it. bit of tartness there. I wonder if mm-hmm. this one might be not be a heavy Weizen. I wonder if it's a sort of a yeah. A I'm detecting that too. That there, there's something tart in that in that uh, aroma. Too bad the aroma's not fresh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mustn't been I mustn't have made my uh, offering to the beer gods this week or something. I'm starting to get a little bit of fruit there too. A little bit of an orange. <laughs> I'm certainly getting a tartness out of this. I think I'm going to have to take a sip and see if it's uh, a little bit more sour than we might expect. 
Yeah, it's not a normal Hefeweizen. No, it's not. It is It is sour. No, it's not like Kalpis, like no. uh, one of our <laughs> listeners warned us last week. It's not Lambique sour. It's got yeah. a little bit of extra tartness that's really kind of hitting you below the tongue on your side, on the side of your mouth. Especially after you swallow. And, um... There's a lot of flavors there. They're running around my mouth. I gotta yeah. try to catch one and figure out what I'm tasting. Also, a lot more uh, phenolic. A lot more pepperiness here. I would say there's definite clove running around in there. Mm. There's a... And it's dry, too. It has a drier finish. Dry. Yeah. Oh, what am I tasting? It's one of those fleeting flavors that I'm trying to place. I want to say it's um, kind of like a rye. I mean, maybe like reminiscent of a rye. Is that kiwi? Maybe, yeah. There's kind of a kiwi flavor yeah. in there. <laughs> I think there's something like that because it's got that tartness. Yeah. And a little bit of citrus to it. And it tastes hairy? No. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> fuzzy. Now it says right here that the Brookliner Weisse is a traditional unfiltered Hefeweizen or Bavarian style wheat beer. Light, brisk, refreshing, fruity, and hazy with yeast. This great beer <laughs> style was. Oh, oh, this great beer style. See, they had the line break there. This great beer return style, style <laughs> was once brewed only by royalty, and it's great with food. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably only funny to us in the studio because the way Jeff turned the bottle is it is great with food. But uh, that was really funny. <laughs> okay, so it was our imagination we were trying to pick out, you know, more Brooklyn, Brooklyner. Or Brooklyner, Berliner Heights, but uh, at the same time, I do feel this is more tart than the other ones we've been having. This is again the Brooklyner Heights from Brooklyn Brewery. Brooklyn makes some great stuff, by the way. What what food would go with this? Um, Apparently, it's great with all food. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it would be. It's complex flavor. It would certainly go with a lot of different kinds of food. I'm thinking like a. Flavor like a vinaigrette salad of some sort. You know what I'm thinking? Lasagna. Lasagna. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it'd be horrible, but I don't think I'd because I, I can just picture it now. You get the you know you get the pasta, you get the tomato sauce, you get the cheese and meat all together, and then you get this to kind of pull it all together. I guess you're right. I mean, my first guess for like something like that lasagna would be more of a something dark and robust like a porter or something maybe not this might be better I mean you typically think of wine with pasta but uh, I think this would go well okay next beer is not in the same style tonight it is uh, Bell's Oberon American Wheat it is a 6% summer release from Bell's Brewery in Kalamazoo Michigan Uh, they have a big uh, case of Oberon I wasn't sure whether I wanted to get it or not I had the had it on tap not too long ago, and since I've had my wheat awakening this year, I liked it a lot. Last year when I had it, I didn't like it at all. Hmm. Now, is this, uh, you say this is not a traditional hepatitis, should we still swirl it? That is a good question. 
I do not think so. It has a lot cleaner taste than Hefeweizen. Okay. So the the weed is a lot more forefront, and the yeast flavors are not. So we're not going to swirl this one. We're going to pour it gentler. Decant. It is bottle conditioned. There is a hefty pile of yeast on the bottom there. That's uh, what is that? It's uh, it's wheat. <laughs> I mean, this beer is fermented, and it's it's a nice, clean wheat beer. The smell I'm getting is something that I've gotten. What came to mind was like that smells like that Weizenbach I had, which mm-hmm. is you know, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of wheat piled into the beer. So yeah, that's just the wheat smell. And yeah, it's kind of um, it's hard to describe it. It's hard to describe what wheat malt smells like, but it's not like your traditional malt, which smells kind of it can smell anywhere from caramely to chocolatey to kind of peaty. This is kind of a tangy and sour smell. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, mm, that's a yummy. That's really interesting. It's um, but how do you describe? That? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a very clean beer. We're not getting yeah. any real noticeable phenols or esters, mm-hmm. especially compared to the last several beers we've had. It's got a nice mouthfeel, but it's also dry. Uh, and then the wheat plays out through your mouth and it, it goes through a couple different iterations it starts and let's see let me take another sip and figure out if i can describe it tangy earthy a little bit sugary and malty giving away to a slight bit of alcohol and then gone yeah you're pretty good yeah, there that works there's some tangy there's uh, some earthiness at the very end it's um it's a bit tart a little bit of alcoholy it's almost like a little bit of uh like a sour patch kid jolly rancher type mix at the very end there but but <laughs> minus but minus the sweetness yeah you know but that, like, that kind of tartness mm-hmm. i'm getting kind of a dry tartness yeah this is bell's biggest seller hmm. and you think with all the stealths they make i, I was yeah. shocked to find that when i first heard that that this seasonal is their biggest seller It's giving me something in an aftertaste that I'm not sure if I'm really digging. It's kind of um, it's kind of giving me a pithy aftertaste. Like if you ate, you know, you, you eat some grapefruit and then you start eating the, the white stuff in the grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can kind of can get that. And when you say grapefruit, it's not grapefruity like the hops grapefruit we're right. talking about. But there's a little bit of that reminiscent, like, oh, I would just say the grapefruit a few minutes ago type flavor left in your mouth. It's just a little pithy. Or, you know, another example is from an orange. Just any of that white stuff in between the fruit and the skin, you get mm-hmm. that pith. And there's a little bit of that that's kind of sticking with it that I'm not sure if I'm really a big fan of. I think I enjoyed this a lot better on tap. So I think mm. if you see it around this summer, Greg, you should give it a try. This is the Bell's Oberon Summer Ale. American Wheat. It's hard to rank this in the same thing because it's not Hefeweizen, but we can rank them on enjoyability. Sure. We're kind of uh, we're not kind of short on time. Let me go grab the UFO and do it right now. Yeah. All right. How's that one feel? Is it cold enough? It's maybe not cold enough, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're still finishing up our bells here. Okay, UFO Hefeweizen, take, take two. two.
Are you smelling anything this time? I didn't smell anything when I popped the cap. You know when you pop the cap and it's, you know, a foot away from your face and you yeah. can smell something come out <laughs> right away, you know, there's something wrong. Well, this one's been packaged in a case, you know, at the beer distributor, so should be in optimum condition. I had bad luck with a case once. It was not a great beer anyway, but... I- um, we were getting a beer for a party and I couldn't get a good beer and we went to like a 24 hour beer distributor actually the one out in Oakland and uh, we got <laughs> we got Molson Golden right and in the case in the okay. case and we opened up it was one of the most skunked beers I've ever had in my life huh. how does that happen? <laughs> I don't know that's a lot oh, different that's a lot <laughs> Getting a little bit of a lot of this one's clove forward. Clove, yeah. but there's there's banana there and a slight amount of that wheat malt. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of the beers have been banana forward. This yeah. one's clove forward. Definitely. Definitely get that that uh, phenolic cloveness, the spiciness. It's right there in the flavor too. Really flaring your cheeks. The side of your tongue, you're getting a lot of uh, sort of bitter clove. Um, slight amount of, of banana fruitiness down the center. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a lighter mouthfeel. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't drink too often, so... <laughs> This one poured nice, golden, hazy, big head that's still remaining on it. Flavor. There's something there. It's it's kind of like the wheat that was in the bells. Yeah. It, it Well, to me, it's a lot spicier than the other ones. And it's a lot less dependent on fruit for its flavor. A lot more dependent on dry wheat with spice. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what would go well with this uh, food-wise. Wings. I was just thinking wings, yeah, like wings. something like peppercorn, or you know, definitely just go pepper with pepper on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, or like a fight pepper. What about like pepper. a pepper crusted salmon or something like that? That would go well. Blackened catfish. Yeah. Ooh. So <laughs> Dave's hungry. I haven't gotten to eat dinner yet. Oh. <laughs> Well, I ate fresh today. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. That one was okay, but it really wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. uh, You have a whole case of it. Yeah, half case of it. (laughs) The other half's um, Southern Tier IPA. I I bought two cases. I split up for a friend's birthday. I gave him half half case of each. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, this has got to be decent, right? So... I kind of did the the faith buy. Kind of regretting it right now. <laughs> I that's was, I that's was, one thing I dislike about the case law here in Pennsylvania, that mm-hmm. you can buy a case, and you know, especially guys like us who are buying kind of blind, in the sense we don't know what we're getting, but we're just hoping it's good. Mm-hmm. And you can get kind of screwed in that. Because uh, I wanted to have a bison for sure. And Penn Weizen was there, but I wanted something different than Penn Weizen because I know it's good. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to do something different, and it was like... It was Red Hook, or I mean, I'm sorry, it was Harpoon Hefeweizen, or it was Widmer Brothers, 
I had Widmer Brothers before. Widmer? Widmore? Widmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's spelled different, D. And I don't think Penny runs the place. Did they strand Desmond? You never know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I had to choose, and I really wanted a Hefe, so I picked this one. Yeah. This is going to be one of our toughest... It'll, it'll be available at the party on Saturday. <laughs> it's going to be one of our toughest rankings in a while because I'm trying to remember all these beers. <laughs> because we had my, a lot. My number one is going to be the Hacker Shore. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then after that, boy... Do number we, two... I would say the Flying Dog, number two. Now, which one was the Flying Dog? <laughs> that was the Banana Cream one. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, right, and whoop, ding dong, like that, and it well, this one, <laughs> poor summit. This one kind of loses, even without the skunkiness. It didn't have much body to it. Didn't have much flavor. Okay, so my number one, Hacker Shore. Number two, I'll put the uh, Flying Dog number two. Number three. <laughs> Brookliner Vice, number four, Oberon, number five, UFO from Harpoon, and number six, Summit. And I am almost in agreement with you. My number one is Hacker Shore. My number two is the the In Heat Wheat. My number three is the Brookliner. My number four is actually the UFO I have fights in. My number five is the Oberon, because that pithy thing wasn't really a big fan of in Summit. Number Dave. six, yeah. Dave. Oh, take your time. Judge them on their merits. Yeah, pronounce that again. <laughs> Hacker Shore. Yeah, that's definitely the number one. Hacker Shore. Talking to the microphone instead of around. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to see the bottles at the same time. Yeah, number one is the Hacker Shore. Number two, definitely the Flying Dog. Mm-hmm. I'm really digging that that brewery. Um. Number three, I'd say the uh, Brookliner. Okay, Brooklyn number three. So far, we're three for three. Yep. And then it's just, uh, I guess it's certain taste after that, you yeah. know, personal preference after that. Well, you don't have to it's do almost, them all. It's almost a toss-up between the UFO and the uh, Oberon for next, and obviously the Summit. I, I would recommend to uh, everyone listening and both of you to try the Oberon on tap if you see it, because I'm gonna, I'm I liked going it to, a yeah. lot better. Okay, so I guess that's about it for Craft Beer Radio. Yeah. Next week, we will probably be doing... Well, I, I mean, we have a couple options, right? We have IPAs. We have Saisons. Saisons. And yes, I'll be doing Saison Dupont this time, so <laughs> no one can stone me. <laughs> We got the Bell's Weed Experiment, but I think we should wait a week or two before we get to that, <laughs> since we're weeded here. Yeah. We got Pilsners. We got... Um, mm-hmm. So we got several shows lined up. Pilsners might be nice. Yeah. Hopefully they're not skunked. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. You can give us feedback by emailing us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We read all our email. We answer all our email. And I'm going to... What the most... Send any fan messages for Dave to beardcraftyradio.com. Uh, we'll forward it on to him. And I'll even respond. There you go. There you go. And so thank you, Dave, for joining us. Did you have fun? Oh, I had fun. Did uh, the seeing us do the show, that fit with your mental imagery, or was it completely different? 
Um, for the most part, it, it fit. Okay. Kind of figured Jeff, uh, Jeff, and uh, Greg here would be more lounging than sitting up straight, but, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sitting on the couch, lounging maybe. But uh, we might have to do that one time. Just gotta, to see. gotta stay on mic though. Yeah, that but sounds... we'll just fall asleep if we do that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Play your Pokemon, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was out-of-towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Hey!